everyone, and welcome into another episode of the Make Comics Podcast, the show where we talk about the nuts and the bolts of making the comics. My name is Joey Grow. His name is Andy Schmidt. And today, uh, our unofficial trilogy is going to include with writing fundamentals. We uh, just did visual storytelling uh, as an intro, and previously we did coloring, and now we're talking writing. So Andy, writing comics. You know, it's one of those things that I think uh, a lot of folks think about at different periods. You know, I, I know I certainly thought about it for a while, and as somebody with no you know, no art skills as far as uh, drawing goes. Uh, I was real leery to get into it with, um, you know, just kind of the, where do you start? You know, it was a paralysis by analysis situation. And it's something that the more comics you read and the more reading you do in general and, and the how-to books, you know, for from your perspective with folks that you've worked with, is there a reason people come to writing comics or do you hear anecdotally a lot of uh, I didn't get started because uh well the answer is yes to both <laughs> uh a lot of people come to writing comics so at comics experience we our clientele our students you know um tend to be older right um so in our courses you know we tend to have a lot of people who, you know, have, you know, they're, they're out of, out of school maybe, or they've been out, out in the workforce for, for maybe a couple of years at least. And then they're like, you know what, I'm kind of tired of, you know, what, whatever it might be waiting tables, or I'm tired of, you know, doing this thing. That's actually a career job. You know, we, we have a lot of attorneys for some reason. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll come around and be like, you know what? I really like, I'm making money just fine. Um, lawyering, but, I'd rather write comics. Um, you know, we have a lot, we have a lot of people with a lot of different reasons for coming. Um, I mean, ultimately, it, it it usually boils down to passion. The other one that, that we that you know I hear and I hear it at conventions and you see it online on Twitter is that like, well, it's cheaper to make a comic than it is to make a movie. Hmm. Like, well, okay, but like, you still kind of need to. I mean, if not have an absolute passion for comics, then you need to have a passion for learning about storytelling in general mm -hmm. um because adaptation is its own art form so um so yeah i mean you've got to you've got to at the very least be willing and good at doing the work to learn the ins and outs and the pros and cons and the strengths and weaknesses of another medium if you're really if your main goal is somewhere else but you know i always question that like well if you want to make a movie, go make a movie. Even right. if you have to make a low budget movie, go make a low budget movie. Um, you know, but you know, generally speaking, people come to comics because they have a love of some aspect of comics, which is either typically falls into the camp of the creative process or the medium itself. Like I, I love the art form of comics, or I grew up loving these comics and I want to make stuff like that mm -hmm. you know or similar to that or i've grown beyond that and i and i and i realize you know and then, and then it starts to flow into the other one like like i grew up reading spider-man i love spider-man but now i'm kind of i'm interested in other things and now there are all, all these other comics that aren't just spider-man and superheroes and, and now i want to make all these things so the generally speaking though it comes from a place of passion um and then the you know sort of the the thing is, is then like, well, what do I do now? I I know I'm passionate. I know I want to do this. So how do I learn how to do it? Who mm -hmm. can teach me? What books are there to read? You know, it's any combination of all that sort of stuff. 
And, you know, I was no different. You know, I, you know I've, been, I've been working in comics for ooh, almost 20 years. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, my 20-year anniversary uh, will actually be just a few months away. It's crazy. Is, is, that, um, is 20th the adamantium in comics? I don't remember. Uh, it is for me as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> it's, that or, it's that or vibranium. Sure. Right. It's got to be 20, uh, it's, 25 maybe vibranium. It's certainly not unobtainium because plenty of other people have, have got me well beat on 20 years. So, <laughs> Just get um, to the center of the earth. You got it. Right. So, um, uh, so, you know, when I was trying to break in there, there, there weren't as many resources, you know, there are more resources and, and a lot of them are more easily accessible now through the, you know, the proliferation of the internet and everything, you know, certainly online schooling, like comics experiences, you know, comics experience didn't exist when I was trying to break in. Yeah. Um, so, um, but that's the thing is, is, is it is still, it's not easy to figure out like how does a comic book script differ from prose versus differ from, you know, screenwriting because screenwriting, you know, for example, has a very set format. Like you know exactly how, you know, what distance to indent your dialogue from the left and exactly what distance to indent it from the right. And it has to be right. And it, you know, these things have to be capitalized. And this is how you write the exterior, such and such a place, blah, blah, blah. Like all of those things are, are like, they're set in stone and, and you can learn them and you can kind of memorize them. With prose, there's a lot of that's set in stone too. And that's like your grammar and you know, obviously your spelling is very important. Yeah. Regardless, that should be important. But like your grammar rules, how to use quotations, when do you set off a name of commas, when do you do like all that, you know, all of that stuff right. is like really set in stone and important. And, and again, you can memorize it. Sometimes I'm in class and I'm like, you just have to memorize the one that always comes up. Every class is evocative. When do you use a comma before or after or both around, uh, you know, somebody's name? Um, and that's just it's one of those rules you just need to memorize if you're going to write. If you're going to write anything, you just have to memorize that. But, um, but with comics, there's not a set format. There's recommended formats, right? And also the grammar isn't exactly the same because like the word balloons and the captions mm -hmm. sort of act as quotation marks and right. like kind of don't. And like, so, so it has its, it has its own nuances and differences and, and you really have to like, on a, on a micro level, you have to get into that. Um, but also you have to learn how to write for two parties, right? You're writing for theoretically in a collaborative process, right? You're writing for an artist who's going to interpret what you write and make images out of it, uh, and organize it and design it on a page. And then, but you're also writing for your final reader because you're writing dialogue that should be, you know, ballooned in and that kind of, you know, and that kind of thing. And so you're simultaneously writing, you're, you're writing a document that's kind of talking to two different audiences at the same time and no other medium really does that. Um, you know, screenwriting could, but you're really kind of disencouraged to give any kind of real direction in mm -hmm. your screenplay. Your direction might be like so-and-so punches so-and-so, but it's not, but you know, you don't talk about camera angles and you don't talk about this. You don't talk, you know, you don't describe things in detail that sure. you do in prose or in, or in comics. Um, you know, all those decisions are left to the director and art director. And stuff. So, um, so it's just, it's, it's, you're using a lot of different parts of your brain, you know, and in some ways it's like trying to hold two separate conversations at the same time. 
about the same subject, right? So like, hey, three people are in a room. I'm talking to two people. We're all talking about astronomy. But I'm having one conversation over here about black holes and a conversation over here with this guy about the speed of light. And I'm trying to hold both of those conversations at the same time. And that's kind of what writing a comic script is like. Um, and so, and that's kind of how I designed the, the, the course originally was if somebody, you know, if I could have had somebody teach this to me and not have to learn it through trial and error. And, you know, I had sort of mentors that, that helped me with it because I was lucky enough to do an internship at Marvel. And then I studied, you know, uh, the art form when getting my master's degree for a couple of years and a lot of people were super helpful, but like, it wasn't like an organized thing. There was no curriculum. And so what, mm -hmm. what, what I did when I started comic experience was I tried to distill this down into like, how, okay, how can I, how can I break this up into sort of bite-sized chunks that aren't paint by numbers? Cause what you don't want to do is I don't want to go in and tell somebody, this is the story you should write. I want to go in and say, you've got a story to tell. Let me know what that is and let's figure out how for you to tell it. And so what we do is we break the story down. You know, all stories have certain things in common, right? They're about mm -hmm. someone. It can be a, it can be a, you know, it can be a dog that it can be about a dog, right? It doesn't have to be a human. It can be about an alien. It can be about whatever, but like, it's about somebody trying to achieve a goal and the actions or the steps that they take to achieve that goal and the obstacles that get in their way, right? That they overcome or they yeah. you know, don't if it's a tragedy. And so those, those things apply to every, you know, sort of well-told narrative story. And so, you know, we start breaking things down at that, at that level. You know, we start in a class at story because you can't skip that. Right. And it's crazy how many people come in having been, having been, you know, paid to write and they're like, Oh yeah, I don't think about like, I don't think about this. And so when we bring it up again and we talk about it, like it like refreshes them and it like, it's like, it fills their cup uh -huh. uh, again and they get like re-energized and other people are just like, yeah, I didn't even know you needed to start with like a simple sentence. Like <laughs> yeah. yeah, you didn't want to leave story down to that sentence. So that's kind of the, you know, kind of the thing is like, once you've decided you're going to do this, it's then it's, then it's how do I do it? How do I get access to that? How do I you know, get the feedback that I that I need? You know, if you're somebody that you know, that, I mean, most of us you know do well with you know direct feedback on our work and that kind of thing. Um, but you know, when I was learning, I was like trying to get my hands on any script that I could. I'd, do, I'd interview people if I could, you know, if I could find them, and you know, and, and um, you know, I read a lot of like I read a lot of interviews that were people conducted you know with comics writers and artists to see if i as much as i could piece together i did a fairly good job it took a long time I did a fairly good job of piecing it together but but it's not like i became a writer like at a professional level like that still is several years away um but you know so we you know we try to we try to get there a little faster by organizing it and being there along the way um but as for what stops people, I think the fact that it's daunting, right? That stops people. <laughs> it's a lot, a lot of you moving know, parts. Plus being creative. Plus, plus the perceived judgment of your ideas. Plus figuring out the form. Yeah, it's it's right. a lot. Or getting a, 
forget or you know when it's ready you know for you to send it off to see if somebody is interested in publishing it or you're going to build your crowdfunding campaign you know launching that crowdfunding campaign is super like nerve-wracking like you know nobody nobody likes rejection <laughs> um and yet it's a it's a part of any kind of freelance you know art form um and, you know, there, I mean, there are other like logistics problems. Like, it's really hard to, you know, if you're partnering with somebody, like the, the, the nice thing about writing a novel is it's you, right? It's you and your word processor. And, and you know, you don't, you're not dependent on like collaborating with somebody else that may be slower or takes a month off because they got this other project they have to do or you know, yeah. that sort of thing can be really super annoying as well. But, um, but yeah, it's really, it's, it's, it's about having that passion and then turning that, focusing that passion into action, into, into, into figuring out what's my best path to get where I want to go. And the, the, the reality that, that can sometimes hits people kind of hard or harshly. And I, you know, I always you know, bring this up early and so that we can sort of talk about it and sort of mitigate it is it's not like once your script is done, it's just like go find an artist and somebody will draw it and, mm-hmm. and it'll get published. Like, like that's still pretty early in the process. <laughs> right. So, uh, you know, if you're really looking to get it, you know, published and distributed and stuff, you still got a ways to go. And that's, it's a lot of work too. So it's not, and, and, and you know, especially when you're doing creator owned comics, like that's never done, right? Like the work is never done. You're just, you're, there's always something else to do next and to do next and to do next. It's helpful if you've got a plan, so at least you kind of understand how it's all going to build and link up and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah and, and I think that, oh, good, you good. No, you, you go. Well, I was just going to say the, you know, because it, it it seems like it's it's almost a cliche because I think a lot of people have gone through it. Is you come to it with, well, I got so many ideas, but I really like this idea. And is it going to be twelve issues? Could it be an ongoing? Maybe I get it to sixty. It's a lot of. Um, a lot of this work that hasn't been done of, you know, just getting basics down. And that's, you know, the emphasis on doing five pages of a comic of writing five pages for a script and then making that what you focus on in terms of your number of drafts and trying to kick the tires and, and really go at it and make it into a, a functional script that an artist and a colorist and letterer could actually make something from, I think is a really good way to, to start because it puts so much other stuff in perspective, which is kind of a nice thing too, about starting off something that is a new skill or, or a new career or a new hobby. A lot of times you don't necessarily know how to do it. And you're like anything in your life, you know, when you first get into something, it, it does have that sh- new shininess where you can make these kind of uh, large evolutionary steps kind of quickly. And, you know, you can see progress and learn, which, you know, the flip side of that is maybe later you don't feel like, oh, I'm not progressing as quickly because you've got a handle on a lot of the basics, which is a good thing. Uh, but it does allow you to go back and think differently about, you know, the five pages to think differently about one issue of 22 pages or a mini series or a 12 issue and I feel like that's something that you see people comment on, uh, you know, whether they're artists, whether they're writers, uh, writer artists that either that's how they started thinking like it has to be this big epic. And, you know, the industry in and of itself can't really support that anymore, um, much less, you know, folks that don't necessarily have a track record with it. Uh, So those small bites of learning 
how to put together something and, and really getting that, you know, and also learning the art of, of giving and taking constructive feedback on what you've done. Like you were talking earlier about, you know, being criti criticized, you know, there's different ways to give and receive. Yeah, there's, yeah. I mean, it, one of the things you bring, bring up is like you know, the length of your project. And, you know, I really try to, encourage people to to do several shorter projects you know whether it's five eight ten pages even 16 pages 12 pages whatever do several of those and by several i mean you know sort of in an ideal world you do like at least 10 of those and that doesn't mean that you have to necessarily produce them all all the way to finished you know publication or whatever but you know maybe do some and you know you know get them penciled and colored lettered right get the process and understanding kind of how, what people need from you what they want from you you know where are these boundaries that are you know and boundaries in any collaboration any creative team the boundaries they can shift some right from team to team right one artist may want a writer to be to to offer a lot of suggestions like yeah. on, whether it's on character design or whatever and other artists really like kind of hey let me go do my thing let me kind of absorb this let me go do my thing come back you know then we can have a conversation or whatever you know and learning how to read the room so to speak like that's a super big part of you know the collaborative process obviously so you know i really encourage people you know to learn on smaller projects and kind of hone their craft a little bit before they take on something really giant and daunting like a like a mini series but right now in, in north america like even successful popular creators have trouble you know doing mini series that are that are six issues long right so that's the other thing is you know kind of don't plan on anything last being an ongoing series or a maxi series or anything like that um, because the market's going to have a real tough time supporting that. Um, you know, you're looking, you know, if you're looking at doing a mini series, you know, you know, three issues, four issues, you know, but that's kind of, kind of where we're at right now. Right. And if it's successful, then you might, you know, maybe there could be a follow up to it, but, um, but yeah, it's interesting. You know, I did it, I did a mini series several years ago. It was, first career-owned book I'd done in a long time. I'd been doing a lot of like corporate work and stuff. And, and it worked and it uh, made money. And, um, you know, and then, but by the time that, by the time, you know, after after Daniel was done with the art, like from then to when the book actually came out and we, we realized it was doing well, he was off doing other things and I was off doing other things. And so the book was out for like a year before we even had the conversation of, do we want, do we want to do another one? Right. Like, um, you know, and we had kind of built the thing so that they're like kind of knowing where it might head after this sort of first, you know, after the first story concluded, which has a nice conclusion to it. You know, it doesn't need to have another volume, but we were, you know, by the time we got around to it, we're like, it's been too long. Like, like we just couldn't get back to it. At the time. Gotcha. Um, you know, so the, the, it's just, you know, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough market and part of it's because it moves quickly. So things, but it also, like at times it moves quickly. Like there, once the book started coming out, like that, that felt like it had, came out in four weeks instead of four months. Right. But getting the book made took two years, right? You know, from start to finish. So it was just, um, 
it was getting used to those rhythms, you know, in the industry is, is difficult. Um, and, it, and it just takes time. So, you know, doing a couple of one shots, you know, tell a complete story, get used to telling a complete story before you start breaking it off because mini series have a horrible tendency to do a couple of things. One is they go off on tangents. You don't need to go down and, it, and your attention gets diverted away from your main characters. And the other thing that happens in mini series a lot is there's just a lot of exposition scenes um, that happens all the time where it's just scenes like, well, the reader needs to know this. We'll do a scene where these two guys meet up and have a conversation, you know, or, um, you know, or your, or your main character is reacting to things rather, you know, things are happening to him or her rather than they are going out and actively pursuing their goal. And that you get, get those fundamentals down because those are the things that engage your reader. Um, so you want to get those fundamentals down before you, before you balloon out into something with, you know, a, a larger cast where you're, it's much easier to get lost in the woods mm. and something, something longer. Yeah, it, it really is. And I think that that can also lead to just uh, not figuring out how to get out of the gates. At least, you know, in my experience, it was just a lot of feeling like uh, wheels were spinning and the having to hone down to five pages, you know, in a way is it, it it funnily kind of flips you to the luxury of the perspective of the luxury of 22 pages or a longer story, uh, along with trying to understand how to do page turns or how to end a page and, and all the other aspects that you spoke about in terms of learning to work with an artist and how the industry works, et cetera. And the way that I know that your stuff has worked through comics experience in terms of writing with you and Paul Aller is, you know, the goal is the five page script. And that's something that is, you know, reviewed and ed edited and it's podcasts, uh, books, movies, you know, masterclass, fill in the blank. All these things are great ways to learn how to do whatever it is you're interested in doing. Uh, but it all does boil down to, you know, typing, typing the keys. Like that's the end of the day. It's moving the pencil. It's, you know, picking right. up the garden tools to make that, to make your own at home uh, brew kit, you know, whatever it is. Uh, it's, and as speaking as someone who really likes reading about process, not even necessarily stuff that I'm interested in, a lot of times you can get bogged down in the process of process. So I think having the, the clear cut definitive goals that are set out and, you know, the, the deadline that, Hey, this is your deadline. Cause next up we got this next up, we got this. And you're responsible for turning in the idea. You're responsible for giving feedback on two stories, you know, all the things that, you know, otherwise you might not because your life is busy. You you mentioned the the students, uh, the folks you usually work with, are maybe a little bit older. They maybe they have families. They have other responsibilities. They're not just quitting everything to make comics. They're adding comics because they really want to do it. So it's it's very easy to go. Oh, I got a lot going on. I gotta haven't felt well. I gotta all this work stuff with my kid and Christmas. It, you can easily just put it off. And, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm saying that's the reality of life, but having deadlines and something structured can help give you that focus to, to help build your own, you know, mechanism for that next time that you're going to do it on your own. Yeah. And the, you know, it's it, another good, good point. Like if, if you are someone who leads a very busy life, like, and you want to do this, like it's a commitment, like it's a time commitment. Uh, it's a work commitment too, but it's a, definitely a time commitment. Yeah. And I think some people underestimate that. And it's one of those things where, you know, I always talk about it in terms of priorities. Not that I don't have the time. I'm just not willing to prioritize the time right. for right. such and such a thing. Like exercise, 
right? Like I'm just not willing to prioritize. That, right? <laughs> uh, um, but you know, like like even just like this week, you know, I I felt like I've been able to spend a lot of good time with my older son, but my younger son not quite as much. So um, I prioritize, you know, some time in, in kind of the middle afternoon when normally I would be at my desk working. Like I need to get out there and I need yeah. to get outside with him and, and you know throw the football around or set up soccer drills with him and, and you know do these things with him that we enjoy doing together and you know just you know make make sure that bond is still there and still strong and you know that's going to take priority mm -hmm. right because but that's my decision i prioritize that right and it doesn't mean i can't come back later at night after my kids have gone to bed or something and you know and do the you know another 90 minutes of work and fill that gap in. but then but then you know then i'm just substitute you know kicking off you know whatever tv show or whatever you know that i was thinking about watching that night right um you know so it's always about kind of your priority priorities and and I'm a big advocate of making like actual decisions about what I'm prioritizing. And if I'm going to prioritize something here and now and for the next few weeks, I try to also decide, okay, well, what is it that's, you know, getting downgraded? And it doesn't have to be like I'm quitting doing it completely, but like, what am I doing that, you know, what do I do four times a week that now I'm going to do two times a week mm -hmm. to make time for this? I think that's really smart because if you're proactive about making those types of decisions, um, I think that's really, it's really helpful and it makes it easier because you're like, you're, you're about to do that thing, right? And you go, wait, no, that's, a, that, this is a thing that I'm deprioritizing for now so that I can do this other thing. And sort of, you're sort of setting up your schedule that way for success. Yeah. I feel like we got off topic. In fact, I think we got on a little bit on the, like kind of our next, our next <laughs> topic for our it's, last show of the year, but, but it's, it's a all connected. It's right? a five page it's a, preview. Yeah. It's, yeah, right. it's, a five -page preview. it's taking us to the next um, issue. But yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, is, is with, you know, you're, you don't, and I actually have run into to people that want to be comic artists who are like, but I don't want to learn figure drawing and anatomy. Like, okay, well then you don't really want to be a comic book artist. You'd like to, you'd like people to give you money so that you can keep doodling, but, but you're not treating it as a professional craft. Right. And that's fine. Like, you know, and this is another thing that, you know, with comics experience, like you don't come into my class and I'm not sitting there telling you, you need to do this for a living, right. like, or this is how you have to do it. And it's the only way they can be done. You can make comics that don't follow a linear narrative. That's not really what the course is designed to teach you to do. Right. You know, we, we tend to do a, we tend to do a narrative, right. But if you want to make sort of experimental comics, like there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, Chris wired up. But, um, but, you know, that's a, that's, that's a decision, you know, if, you know, and so we, we design our courses for hobbyists, somebody that, that's, that's just interested in this, somebody who wants to do this kind of, you know, for their leisure, but they, but they want to take it seriously. They want to produce comics and they want to, you know, for, you know, maybe it's just for themselves. They want to get better at it. And they really love it. And all the way up to somebody that wants to do this and, and, you know, wants to be hired professionally you know, and that's, those are just, they're different goals, they're different levels. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you, like, your goal should be this. Your goal mm -hmm. is entirely up to you. I'm going to sit here and you can tell me what your goal is. And I can say, well, then, you know, this is the path that makes sense for you. You know, this is, this, this should help you. Um, well, that's kind of what we do. Well, if you want to learn more, head over to comicsexperience.com and you can see uh, information about the writing course. You can get a ton of free resor resources as well as 
there's a bunch of archive scripts that you can read on the the site. So you can go read some comic scripts by a, a, a wide array of folks and different styles and genres and types, and it's well worth checking out. And if you want to hear anything talked about in the show, you can email info at comicsexperience.com. We will talk about it here. Uh, until next time, keep making comics.